to today's broadcast. It's so good to see you and to have you here with us. If you are just hopping on, make sure that you comment, tell us who you are and where you're watching from. We're really excited to have you with us today. I know I said it's good to see you. I can't physically see you, but I can see your name. And so it's like you're here in spirit with us. <laughs> Thank you for watching us today. I hope that your Monday's gone off to a great start. Uh, mine has. It's been awesome. I see Priscilla watching and Marky is watching. And Marky is my MVP of the day. She is like camera girl extraordinaire. She's been amazing this morning. And Johnny Shaver's watching. So make sure that you say hi. And we're just excited to see you. Now... For those of you who watched last week, you'll know that I ordinarily love my camera. And while I still love my camera, it, no, my tan did not fade super quickly over the weekend. Colors just change. So I promise it's Barrett. It's, it's, I, I, it's important to me that you knew I didn't do a spray tan last week to impress you. It was no spray tan. It was just color. <laughs> Please say hi. I'm now talking about spray tans. Please say hi to switch me off this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I see Lisa Honeycutt and Johnny says hi. We're so excited to have you with us. We are continuing on with our The Man Who Would Be King series. We started it last week and it has been so powerful. I just sent a message to the Boomerang uh, church line that we have and said exactly that. It's been powerful. The anointing's been all over it and the Holy Spirit just builds and builds and builds. So I have super high expectations for what today is going to be. And I'm excited that you're here with us. So get your expectors up, as my husband says, <laughs> because the Lord's going to be doing something awesome today. He already has been. Uh, Lisa Honeycutt says hello. If you're saying hi on YouTube, please say hi. I just can't see it at the moment. I don't have Restream up on my phone. I should probably do that next time. But as you know, before we start every broadcast, as of, as of now, we like to start off with a daily dose of joy. We have some top memes of the day. So, Marky, go ahead and put those up. I have my top three and then a bonus one. Because really, I like you to get to know my sense of humor. So my sense of humor is coming at the end. <laughs> oh, goodness. It says, apparently, Kroger is using Common Core Math. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Grocery stores have, have been have been champs throughout this whole thing. <laughs> Next. I'm not saying LOL anymore. I'm saying laugh out loud. I got time to type it out. <laughs> it seems I have replaced my 10,000 steps a day with 10,000 calories a day. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and now to connect you guys with me a little bit and the sense of humor that I have here we go <laughs> oh my goodness me after doing one 10 minute home workout fitness is my passion <laughs> y'all Oh my goodness, that makes me laugh so hard. The first time I saw that one, I about cried. I laughed so hard. <laughs> Fitness is my passion. <laughs> I see Prilla. Chelsea Troublefield is watching. Jan is watching. Hi, Mama Jan. And Jade is watching. If you are just now hopping on, please make sure to comment. Tell us who you are and where you're watching from. It's just been really cool to see how many different places people are actually watching from. It's, it's just really encouraging and awesome. And so Kevin, Kevin, big news, Kevin. Facebook just told me that you're a top fan. So you went from just watching to now you are a top fan. Watch out, world. It's happened. <laughs> it's happened. I, I can't be a top fan of Boomerang because I'm an admin on the page, but it's, it's one of the biggest disappointments I have with social media because I would be a top fan. I have no doubt. <laughs> Lisa's watching from Oakboro. It says Brian Nicole Wright is on. Just in case any of you were wondering, Stephen, Evangelist Stephen Hurlburt, anointed Evangelist <laughs> Stephen Hurlburt, had some questions about this yesterday. 
Nicole is not Pastor Brian's middle name. It's, it's Pastor Nicole's first name, just in case, in case you were curious about that, just to clear but that up. But it won't let us put Brian and Nicole right. It, it won't? No. That's weird. What if you actually had an ampersand in your name? It, well, it won't let you. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are people. I used to work at Enterprise, and so I've seen people's legitimate license plate name, or license plate, <laughs> driver's license names have actual dashes and, like, slashes in them. That's prejudice. <laughs> I want to write Mark Zuckerberg an email being just like, wrong. look. It is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you yet today. Are you having a good day? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor's here. I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking to imaginary friend over in the corner. She, she put me up for a second, so that was good. <laughs> I'm just imagining every person coming on, <laughs> and I'm talking off hey, camera. Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing well today? <laughs> <laughs> and our viewers either spike real high or drop real quick. <laughs> Who's she talking to? Oh, I'm in a mood today, y'all. Phil, <laughs> Phil Honeycutt and Lisa Lamb were ever on uh, on YouTube. So. Your mom sent a whole bunch of smiley faces. I thought you were about to your mama joke me. Nope. Your mom's over on YouTube. That's I what I thought you were going to do. <laughs> your mom's actually watching. I don't think I could do a your mom joke. <laughs> your mom jokes are the best. My brother and I are constantly zinging each other. They really are. Of course, are. at my mom's expense, but it, she doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Nothing personal. It's actually just a... Uh, it's Yo funny. Mama. Yo mama. <laughs> Kevin, someone has the giggles. That's, that's accurate. I'm, I'm there today. Do you have the giggles today? <laughs> Brittany Presley's watching. Jennifer. <laughs> my mom Jen. Said, my mom said, watch it. <laughs> I have a friend from high school that just hopped on. I haven't seen you in so long. How are you? Your kids are beautiful. It's so great to have you watching. <laughs> Well, the pictures of your kids, I'm sure they're beautiful in real life, or they could be just super photogenic. Either way. Who is it? Uh, Jen, we went to high school together. What's she her was, last name? I don't know. It's her married last name. Oh. So it's Jennifer Minusco? Jennifer Minusco? Nice to have you on the broadcast, Jen. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. And Buddy. Hi, Buddy. Buddy. The end. Just silence now. Yeah. <laughs> See if we can have an awkward silence. See how many people drop off. Marky would drop off. Mar Marky would leave it's us. It's Marky's. Marky's here helping to produce at the moment. She'd probably just walk out of the building, like, quit, I'm done. That's funny. <laughs> Let me see if I can correct some color on your camera. That looks awful. Yeah, we, we were trying with the cameras, but it was overcast, and Marky, Marky was a champ. So Pastor is going to be correcting let's some see, of the color. Let's see what I can do. <laughs> Guys, I'm about to get either really tan or, <laughs> or turn into an avatar. Which way do you like Barrett? Do you like her as an avatar? Do you like her? <laughs> Watch this. Oh. In case you were wondering what my Casper audition tape looked like, it was very similar to this. Oh, that's why. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. It's because it's up in the decibels or so. The decibels were up, but then I looked like I was creeping in the shadows this way. So In the shadow. In the shadow. In the shadow. shadow. <laughs> is my mic still on? Oh, yeah, it is. That's dangerous. Mark is back there. He's <laughs> like that dog on the old cartoon that laughs like a. <laughs> She's red. I don't think I've hardly ever seen Marky red. Uh, I'm really sad the camera's on me because you really are. All of you are missing hey, look, a great she went shot. She and fixed the other camera. She did. While I was working on this one. She did. Marky. Marky's awesome. a Marky's a champ. Even with your laugh. <laughs> Here, switch it back to this one and let me see what it looks like. When Marky is trying, when she's laughing, but she's oh, trying Marky. not to laugh, it's a silent thing that's like wheezy from Toy Story. Like, go back to the other one. It's really funny. They are. Yeah. They're acting weird today. They are. It was. I it, agree. Paul. Hey, Paul. 
precious is his name. Is that the name of the dog you were talking about, Pastor? Your mom said precious is his name. I don't know if she's calling you precious or... Ooh, don't know. <laughs> y'all. I don't know. Do y'all know how important laughing is? I don't know where to look right now. There's a lot going on. Laughing is important. Also, this is our, um, it's our light. Do you like the behind the scenes thing happening at the moment? It's, it's pretty exciting. All this right. is our light. That's, that's the platform. And we're back. That may be too bright. Y'all, I'm going to fix it later. <laughs> Pamela Hancock Kelly. Paul oh, said, cool. what's up? What's up? What's up? Were you a person back in the 90s when, Mark what's Preston. up, was a thing? Like, did Absolutely. you say that? Absolutely. I just said that to my brother the other day. Did you do the tongue thing that accompanied it where you, you're supposed what's to? What's up? Like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a great clip. Did you catch that? Was it on me when I was doing that? Sweet. I've never understood it because it's. It's the most unappealing face you can make with a super annoying sound. What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. She's pretty quick on that switcher back there. It's because you made fun of her laughing like a dog. That's all right. <laughs> you can't make fun of people if you can't be made fun of. That's that's the. That's true. Yeah, if you can't be made fun of, don't make fun of people. Yep. So I don't mind it. I like it kind of. <laughs> makes me laugh. When it's funny. You're like, all right, that was a good one. Well played, you know. But yeah, that one we were I was talking to my brother about that the other day was you know, we were talking about what's that? What's that? Like that. That's the way you don't what is that face for? I, that face like watch it something with people's tongues, I don't appreciate whenever they pop up like out of their mouth. I know, I don't know why. So watching it accompanied <laughs> by that sound is like just a not pleasant experience overall. I it's came funny, in on the tail end. It's funny what grates on people's nerves. <laughs> like, I have certain things like, do not do that. Cute. Ever. Yeah, that one. Like, like a guy saying, that's cute. Okay. But a girl in a guy's register going, cute. That's like, ugh, no. <laughs> Look. <laughs> she knows. That's why she pulled it out. Like, here, let me pull this one out of my Because I would bag. do it. <laughs> Without realizing I one. was doing it. And then <laughs> the ELT, uh, when we did our family video that we put up back in November, um, we had just finished, and I think I said it, and Pastor looks at me, he's like, you need to stop. Yeah. You need to stop <laughs> it. It's Please annoying. don't ever do that again. <laughs> don't ever do that I've again. only caught myself doing it twice, because anytime I, it, I go to say it now, I hear your mm -hmm. voice and see your face of, stop. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, another one for me is, uh, hey, Justin, hey, Natalie, good to see y'all. Another one for me, what's your, uh, drop it in the comments real quick. I, obviously, we're not getting started, right? <laughs> we're not right on it today. <laughs> uh, point, those who would be king or leader, learn how to laugh at yourself. That's a Accurate. huge one. That's actually a very good one. You know, but, after you drop this in the comment, I'll tell on myself. I have no problem telling on myself yeah. an embarrassing one that you Well, let me really tell them that. this. Drop in the comments what is something that people do that absolutely gets on your nerves no matter what. What's something? Don't don't put anybody's name with it. Just just Yeah. Keep it Especially if generic. it's a spouse. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Not wise. <laughs> so the other day during all of Corona stuff, for the first couple weeks, water was disappearing off the shelves at the stores. Mm. And at my house, we don't have like a water purifier system. We often drink bottled water. So I was in the store and I saw this water bottle and it said that it was a filtered water bottle. It was a Brita, Brita <laughs> filtered water bottle. <laughs> and it said that it was good for up to 30 uses. <laughs> <laughs> I know where the, please continue please continue <laughs> so I had 
bought it. I didn't investigate it. It just said, you know, like it's the filter's good for 30 uses. That's so cool. You obviously have to go buy like more filters when you're done with what's in the bottle, but you know, that's really, really cool. So I had used it for about a week. And then uh, George and I were over at Pastor's house some Sunday or Saturday, and I had brought the water bottle with me. And Pastor used to own a water company. Like, so he's very familiar with all this stuff. And <laughs> he, he asked me what it was, and he was talking to me about how, you know, the more <laughs> gadget, like, the more complicated the gadget, the more likely mold is to be on the inside. And so I was showing him how I clean it and whatever. He's like, let me, let me see it. Let, let me hold it. <laughs> opens the water <laughs> this was me. a great moment it was a great moment in history he has me take apart the water bottle he's like is is this where the filter is I'm like yeah i think so he's like there's nothing in it i'd been using it for a week there was no filter i missed it and i'm thinking i'm drinking the cleanest water ever and there was no filter inside and pastor lost it he laughed at me <laughs> he's like you you're doing nothing for yourself right now like this is this is not helping you oh i didn't know so you you just got to learn to laugh she thought she was filtering the mess out of that water. <laughs> I picked it up and I looked through it. I'm like, there's no filter in here, Barrett. Where's the filter at? I've got 20 more uses to go. I'm so good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm only a third of the way. <laughs> I don't need to go to the store yet. I'm so fine. <laughs> she, her face was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> because of all the people that catch me doing something stupid. <laughs> oh my goodness uh, oh it was so funny let's see oh <clears throat> hey ashley i see you watching off on the youtube paul stalling says loud chewing priscilla this is interesting smacking your food did you just laugh <laughs> sip, i did it in sip loudly as you drink that <laughs> smacking your food Ooh, Priscilla's got a, like a really mad red face beside that too. You know who swallows the loudest? Marky, Marky Eleanor, Eleanor Dottie Dunphy. <laughs> I had somebody in my life one time that was, it, it would, they, I don't even know how to describe it, but basically talk about loud chewing, swallowing, everything that had to do with food or drink was loud and it was much louder than Marky. So much louder. So without question, she says, I can't help it. Johnny's Pamela says sucks on their teeth. Kevin says people who chew with their mouth open. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Kevin. Loud eaters. It's interesting. Almost all of these have to do with the mouth. <laughs> like sh shut our mouths people. <laughs> uh, Johnny says the Valley girl voice. Like, oh my goodness, I don't understand what you're saying. Combine that with, you know what I mean. Valley girl, you know what I mean. And you'll be on Johnny and Pamela's, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be blocked from their Facebook. Johnny and Paul have both made that statement very clear because they've said that some of the ladies that help in youth speak like that. So they were very quick. After I explained the cute comment, to hop right on. Pastor said that it's annoying, so can we? Let's talk about it. So we had a chat. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my goodness. Justin said eating ice. I used to do that all the time. I still, like, I'll do it without knowing it. I did it from as a child. And uh, that's part of the reason why I get water with no ice. So I won't eat ice just as, as it's not there. Mm -hmm. One thing for me was we used to have a dog, a great, great dog but she would uh, like lick anything uh, where people had been, like sheets, couches, anything like that. Not she would, Rowley. huh? Not Rowley. No, it was Patches. And um, great dog, one of the best dogs we ever had. But she would just sit there and just lick constantly for 15 minutes. And it didn't bother me at the beginning of it, but by after a couple of years of this, like if a if a dog is doing that now, it it throws my irritation up 
like off the charts very quickly. I, I didn't realize it. Which is more annoying, that or Noel, your current dog, pacing in front of you? The licking, without question. The pacing, I don't like either, but the, the, the licking noise, it just, it does something. Priscilla said, another is a rattle in the car. I instantly have to find the issue and stop it. I don't like it so much that Joe immediately will look for it too. <laughs> yeah, I will be like, you know, at one point I was like, find that rattle. I don't care. Go back. Now, unbuckle, find the rattle. <laughs> like what's causing that noise? You know, a bottle that's loose in the cup holder or something. But I don't like when people eat, myself included, I don't like hearing loud biting or chewing in a silent environment like when it's very quiet yeah. like George if I there have been times where I've been fasting and George will come in and he's eating his meal as he should be but it's a reminder of you're not eating you're not eating right now <laughs> chomp chomp <laughs> and I'll do it like there have been times here at work where I'll have celery which is the loudest food in the <laughs> world so and I'll bite into it and immediately scan the office and be like I'm so sorry I will leave the room <laughs> <clears throat> Ashley says Ted chews ice constantly it makes my eyeballs hurt <laughs> Marky. A great description. Marky says, basically, I have to starve and dehydrate in the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> there was this, the first time Marky did an extended fast. <laughs> the very first time. She did so great. Like, wonderful job. And then the next morning, she realized that she could eat food, and she hadn't she hadn't planned it out well. So all she okay. had in her book bag was a granola bar that had been there for the 40 days. No. But it was crunched up and powdered. So she opens it and she's like, do I pour this into my hand and <laughs> eat it like a bird? That was probably my favorite monkey eating moment ever. Because she was so cute Ash with her little crumbs. Ashley said about chewing ice. She said it sounds like he's chewing gravel. <laughs> uh, Jan says mosquitoes humming. <laughs> Marky said it hadn't been there for 40 days. It had been there for like three months. <laughs> well. <laughs> so, okay. So I'll tell you, if you go into, all right, we're, we're going to move to holiness now. Okay, get ready. Um, I don't know. If you go into Isaiah 58 where it talks about fasting, uh, it says, is this the reason why you fast? To drive hard your workers. Uh, so in other words, you take out your hangriness hangriness on your workers right and it's like this is not why you're fasting don't in other words what he's basically saying is just because you you are laying down you're putting down a price to go after God don't take it out on other people <laughs> which I was doing this is how I learned this revelation a few years ago it wasn't that long ago anyway I, I too have had this lesson you, yeah well you were there the day that I learned this and uh, it was one of the scariest moments <laughs> I was I was irate and uh, I'd been on an extended fast and anyway <laughs> I was I was quite irate and um, anyway so one of the things to do is to take those moments you know if you have a fear deal with it if you have a pet peeve deal with it if you have a lack of patience deal with it don't let stuff hang that is a trigger for your uh, flesh. If it's a trigger for your flesh, here's the, here's the issue for those who would be king, those who would be leaders. If you have a trigger for your flesh, how easy is it for the devil to push that button? Yeah. All he does is he gets somebody that will listen to him, and he says, chew ice loud. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're in the flesh and instantly out of the spirit. So deal with it. Even though it may be something that bothers you and you may know things that you, know, you don't. I don't just do things to irritate people. I will do things to stretch people. <laughs> but, um, and I enjoy it apparently from that laugh. <laughs> but... One of the things that's important is that we deal with these areas in the flesh. We don't just leave them hanging out there or else it's very easy for the devil just to set anybody who will listen to him will just knock you off track of the spirit. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. 
So it's one of those things where we want to make sure that we deal with it. Um, I've told this story. <laughs> that's Rebecca, that's what he said earlier. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, hey, Holly. So one of the things is it's good for us to deal with those issues. And uh, I can remember one time somebody was uh, pretty uptight about a uh, like a Lego sculpture. It wasn't George. And, uh, I wasn't thinking George. They were, uh, no, but I wanted to make that. He, he's had Legos and stuff. Anyway, they were pretty uptight about it. They were like, oh, no, you don't, don't touch it. And I was like, mm. <laughs> like nothing's breaking, nothing's, and it was, I was being pastor. I was teaching. I was like, nothing's happening right now. Relax. Learn how to relax and don't let yourself be, you know, pushed around by the flesh. Um, I'll tell a story in, um, in uh, church, a lot of times I've told this, where I, when I was little, I had a fear of heights that was ingrained in me, and I didn't even talk about it. I think a lot of people didn't even know about it. And um, so not too long ago, a few years ago, we were at a zoo that had a climbing tower that had like three or four stories where they strap you in, but literally you're walking on these very thin things three or four stories up. And uh, I said, okay, time for me to deal with that fear some more. Let's just put it down freshly, freshly put it down. And so I said, I'm just going up here just to deal with that fear, you know. And it was fun to go up there and do that stuff. It was an adrenaline rush, stuff like that. But I was dealing with that fear. And so by the time I got up to the third or fourth story, I mean, I could feel it in my stomach. I was like, nope, just go on. By the time I was done, I was kind of running around having a blast because I'm dealing with it. And here's, here's the thing. Many people be like, nope, I'm not doing that. Well, you have to ask yourself, why would you say, no, you're not doing that? You know, uh, isn't God the one who will empower you to put down all fear? Doesn't perfect love cast out all fear? But they've been taught by society that it's okay to say, nope, that's just beyond, you know, uh, even fears, you know, fears with, you know, like, for example, if I talk like this and there's enough of a public crowd, You'll have somebody, they'll drop in the comments, well, I'm fine with all that, just don't give me snakes, don't give me rats, don't give me spiders, you know, don't give me whatever their fear is. No, you've got to deal with that. Um, Paul has a great testimony, Paul uh, Stalin's here, he's got a great testimony of how he dealt uh, and started working on his fear. He heard me preach that, he started working on it, and now he was, he's really broken through uh, in that, and now that fear is not controlling his life anymore like it used to. And that's, we're supposed to be free in Christ. And, and that goes along with the person who would be king. You deal with issues of the flesh. You deal with a lack of patience, anything that's a lack of the fruit of the Spirit. You deal with those things. You don't leave them hanging on. Yeah. You deal with them. So. Well, there's a story that you tell, too, about somebody who um, used to come to the church. And I think your instruction that you gave them was like, they, they were really clean and very organized. And I know you've <laughs> yeah. said it in church before. You told yeah. them, go get a pair of underwear and just leave it in the middle of your kitchen dirty, floor. Dirty underwear. Dirty underwear. Go get yeah. a pair of it. Because they were so wrapped up in yeah. the fear of being seen as less than perfect, of not um, being what they thought they were, that it was causing them to lose their peace. And so with things like that, that grate on your flesh and that immediately like provoke the the side of you that you don't want anybody yeah. to see if they exist and the more they're pushed the more they distract you from being focused on the thing that you should have your eyes fixed on Jesus that stuff makes you focus on yourself on your flesh and ultimately all it is is a distraction diversion tactic because if the devil can keep you wrapped up in this annoys me, I don't like this, this is bad, this is horrible, blah, 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 then your eyes are going to be taken off of the one who's already given you victory over all of these things that you're supposed to be pressing forward to win the race for. And so it's, it's something that as we realize them, because often we don't know that they're there, right? Like I'm sitting here thinking, what annoys me? And I can think of stuff, but I'm sure there's more that I don't even know about. Yeah. And as they come up, if I just allow them to sit, then they're going to grow. But if I deal with it, then I can get past them quicker. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jared Troublefield, I see he jumped on here. Uh, Jared Mark, has Facebook now because oh, he's fancy. 
All right. And just like Bobby Corn should get added on Facebook, Jared <laughs> Troublefield needs some Facebook friends. Does you go he ahead. need some? Give, give Jared some love. <laughs> Facebook love. Uh, Mark, you said, I didn't know I had a fear of eating crickets until you all. <laughs> Do you need to get over that fear again? We can help you with that. Mark. We can make it live this time. <laughs> Well, you know, what happens is, like, for That's actually a great moment where you, like, help stretch her past that. Like, legitimately, it's recorded. I know. That was like pastoring live. That was. I know. It was. It's what a pastor does. (laughs) A pastor will help, uh, or a spiritual leader will help you get past those things that hold you up. So think about this. So the issue is, if everything, you know, when you talk about, you know, and some people, like, they take pride in being OCD. We should do things in excellence, but there's a different level when we get like OCD on things. Um, there's a really funny song that Rhett and Link do <laughs> that says, My OCD. I don't recommend singing it because I'm not claiming to be OCD. However, I do like things done in excellence, and they should be done in excellence, but not to that way. So the reason why I said that is never when you go about this gospel is everything going to line up according to the way that you think. So what would have happened if Jesus had been bound? Uh, What would have happened if David, King David, would have been bound that everything had to line up the way that they thought it should happen? Well, when they came to throw him off the cliff, Jesus off the cliff, um, oh, this is not right. He would have, instead of moving to faith and hearing from the Father, he would have moved into the flesh, and they would have thrown him off the cliff. He would have missed the supernatural uh, protection of God in that way. So you have to learn how to put down things of the flesh and be okay if it doesn't go right. Never does he make a promise that everything's going to go according to your plan. And if you think, I mean, I can't tell you how many things we've had not go according to our plan, but it's the people that learn how to deal with it when it doesn't go according to plan that really grow and stand out from the crowd and become the leaders. Well, and as you're talking about that one, you know, there's that side of it too, but then there's also the side of if you're somebody who claims to be OCD or perfectionistic or whatever, then Unless it's the word's standard, you're measuring it by your standard. So things that annoy yeah. you, that's your standard. Things that push your buttons, that's your standard. And if you don't ever allow other people and their differences and their different perspectives to come in, then it may reach your level of perfection, but it's never going to go beyond your level of perfection. You know, we have here at the church, we have different teams, and we are a church of teams. And yeah. we one of the things that we strive to do is ensure that on every single team there are different perspectives because if I have a team that's built of just little Barretts, then it will be great in my eyes, but it'll never reach a higher level. We all need what each other brings to the table. So, you know, little dumb, annoying things, I can bear the burden. And even though saying cute didn't bother me, it irked pastor and bearing his burden was correcting my behavior. But at the same token, if there are things about pastor that irritate me, unless it's something where you know, the Lord tells me to say it to him. It's not my job to bring up everything. And I, I don't have a list. Like, it's not like I'm sitting here thinking of stuff that irks me. But it's not my job to bring every small little thing. And you're chewing sure. with your mouth open. And you're doing this. To, yeah. Because people are people. You can't control them. Learn from them and grow yourself. You can't change someone else. You can only change you. Yeah, well... Even in that situation, so what's beautiful about that situation... You weren't wrong to say that to me. That's not what I no, was no, saying. No, no, what, no. What's beautiful about that situation is you worked on you. Yeah. Well, and I might not have told you, but I immediately worked on me on yeah. that. In other words, I said, hey, you know, Brian, get over, get over that. Be okay with it. Start working on that fleshly reaction that you had to that. And that counts for whatever it is. So if you're working on you and I'm working on me, then we both grow together and we both get stronger. And that's the beauty of giving unconditionally in the love of God to each other. And so we have to make sure that we work on these things. But one thing you said is if it's not according to your standards or if you constantly uh, are not willing to bend, here's what you're also not willing to bend to, the standard of God. In other words, God may have something that he's got revelation over, imagine that, 
that he knows that we don't. And so if you are so absolute in your stances, God's going to have a very hard time talking to you, which means uh, you'll be very unuseful in the kingdom of God. So a lot of times one of the things that, it, you know, I said this I think on Sunday or last week, is absolutes are unbecoming on the lips of novices. One of my pastors said that to me years ago and it stuck. And the reason he told it to me is because I was speaking constantly in absolutes. Um, and he needed to correct me, and I needed correcting. And one of the things that he said uh, that I got out of that was, anytime I say, I can't, I'm saying that if I try to do this, it will not function, I will explode, implode. In other words, I'm setting myself up for failure, because if it goes a different way than what I think, I can't do it. I'm, I'm setting a terminated point, end point to it. In other words, I can't do this. Uh, it's not possible. I can't, I just can't uh, get over a fear. I just can't, uh, I can't forgive that person. You're setting yourself up to have a terminal end point of losing it, you know, when you say statements like that. So it's very important for us to not uh, he says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So for anybody to say, I can't do it, is literally to say that God was lying when he said that. And it's a very limited view of it. And this will kill a leader. Yeah. So. Well, I know that when I first moved here, I got that same speech from you because I was doing the same thing of I thought I knew a whole lot and you said that to me and I needed it but it's really only been within the last few years as I've grown in leadership that I've understood it more because you know taking Marky for example Marky and I get to work together a lot and she thinks differently than I do and I can remember different points where she'd ask me something and almost out of my mouth I'd be like no we can't do that and praise God I've purpose myself to grow I haven't arrived but I've purposed myself to grow in it enough that I'd be like I don't know can we figure it out and I'd give her the opportunity to figure things out and before my eyes Marky would show me something I hadn't even thought of yeah. so when I say no or I think I've arrived or I have the only answer in the world I'm shutting off other people's abilities to pour in and offer their giftings and their solutions just because I can't see one doesn't mean it doesn't exist and just because somebody else can't see something doesn't mean I can't it's it's working together and not limiting you and also, truth be told, when you speak in absolutes, unless the absolute is the word of God right. and God That's himself right. has spoken the absolute, then there's probably something we can That's grow exactly in right. to learn. And so if I'm saying no and it's not Jesus, I'm setting myself up to look real stupid yeah. because the Lord can always expand it. Yeah. Uh, my mom wrote on here, uh, you know, to say something like this. My, well, my family was always fearful, blah, blah, blah. She says, you have to break that. She's absolutely right. Yeah. You have to deal with those fears. You have to deal with those absolutes. Even curses in, like, well, my, my family always had a, a problem with heart disease. No, not anymore. It stops with me. I'm breaking that part of the curse yeah. through the blood and the stripes of Jesus Christ. I'm going to deal with it. A good example for me where I was doing it wrong years ago, here I am, I'm called the minister, I'm called the pastor, I'm not ordained to that office, but I'm moving, I'm already preaching, and I had adopted the phrase uh, that I had heard so many times uh, that I'm not a people person, yeah. and so I had adopted that. I was like, hey, I'm basically not a people person, I'm an introvert, you know, stuff like that which wasn't true, it was just I had adopted it almost like a, a curse on the family that, would, that was set to limit uh, who we were and where we were coming from. And the Lord dealt with me in uh, Isaiah 51. It says, look to the rock from whence you were hewn. In other words, he's talking about uh, Abraham there, but uh, one of the things uh, that, that you see is that there's a rock uh, a foundation rock that goes beyond Abraham, the rock of Jesus Christ. And we know that when we are born again, we literally take on like a spiritual DNA of Jesus. He's the firstborn of many brethren. As he is, so are we in this world. And he says, look 
In other words, find your identity in the rock from which you came out of. And so the Lord said to me, I just told somebody, I'm not a people person, I'm an introvert. And instantly the Holy Ghost corrected me. He said, Jesus, look to the rock from which you were hewn. Jesus was all about people. And I instantly had to take correction. But see, had I stood on that as an absolute, I would have gone my whole life as a minister and I would not be able to ever enjoy people because I was making an absolute confession that was absolutely wrong. And so we have to watch what our words are, what our thinking is. We have to understand that the corrupted world has taught us to think in certain ways that will limit us. And so for the person who would be king, the person who would be a leader, the person who would be a servant of God must open themselves up to a cleansing by the washing of the water of the word and be willing to throw away everything they thought they were. And that's one thing I see trip people up all the time. And I would say it used to trip me up too is, is when we say, well, that's just not who I am. Yeah. Well, you have to understand that who we are many times was defined by our atmosphere growing up in a corrupted world. And many of us have had parents who, honestly, they might be good people. They might have gone to church all their life. But I can tell you from experience, the large, vast majority of people out here do not know this Bible. And they might have gone to church and they might have had a decent heart compared to somebody else. But there's a lot that was not known by people in America in the last 50 years. And so if you don't open yourself, ultimately you're not going to get in front of God at, at the judgment. And, he, and you're going to be able to say, well, my parents taught me that this is the way. Or the atmosphere taught me that this is how to do it. God's going to say, you had the Bible. Right. Your responsibility is to let that change you, to let not be conformed or pressed into the mold of a corrupted world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the word. And that's how Jesus presents us pure and spotless bride in Ephesians, is we must allow the word that's sharper than any two-edged sword, the full counsel of the word, to come in, trim off the, the junk, trim off the corruption, and get us looking yeah. and acting like Jesus and thinking like him. Well, as you're talking, what immediately came up to me is the verse about how don't be thrown around by every wind of doctrine. Yes. And while doctrine, yes, is talking about what, how to, talk, how to understand the Bible, Doctrine is basically what guides us in how we live. So a lot of times, things that irritate us, things that I'm not a people person, or I don't like being around people, or I don't want people to touch me, ordinarily, stuff like that, it's a doctrine based on experience. We had a negative experience some way, shape, or form that's formulated this inner doctrine within ourselves that makes us believe I'm not a people person, makes us believe I don't like this kind of person, makes us believe this. It, if this action happens, it's going to lead to this. You know, it's ba- a lot of it's based on experience. And yes, we should use wisdom, and you can learn from the past, but the past is not what's supposed to define how we act. We're not supposed to be tossed around by everybody else's understanding, everybody else's how they live. We are supposed to be guided and steered by the Word of God and allowing it to cleanse us like what Pastor just said. Every wind of doctrine could be healing, no healing. It could also be, I'm going to cut people off when they hurt me. I'm not going to forgive them because people say I don't have to. I don't have to forgive this sin because so-and-so didn't. That's a doctrine that that we subscribe to if we're not in line with the word of God. The word of God has to be the compass. And no matter what comes up to try and block that path, to try and keep us from going down it, if there's something that blocks it, take out your sword and cut an opening through it. The word is the sword. And if there's blockages that have come up that you realize have caused your heart to crust over, take the sword of the spirit. Take the sword of the word. Cut that crust off. Allow it to cleanse you, to wash you until 
You have changed your mind. Commit your works that your thoughts may be established. No matter what thoughts have been there, if you train yourself to do the works that Jesus did, the instructions he laid out in the word, your thoughts will change. The word says so. But it comes by not letting experience dictate how we're going to react to something. And that's something I've needed to grow in. I've been, I've been terrible at this in the past of allowing that to sway me here and there but praise God he called me to this church he gave me pastors that loved me and allowed the sword of the spirit to cut in and through the muck through the junk so that way I could see oh I don't have to live this way there's a better way there's a higher way there's something else I can do I don't have to be what I've always seen there's a higher person I'm called to be the old man is gone the new man is not only come it's in front of me it's ever before me I don't have to go back to the old ways the new person is who I am old things are dead and saying it over and over and putting it down and choosing the new person. It's a choice, not something that just happens. Amen. Lisa Lamb said over on YouTube, she said Impact University, which we're, we have a satellite campus of, said taught me not to say that I'm not a people person. That's awesome, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, Ashley said also over on YouTube, she said you know, her parents were super fearful of bad weather. And then, then she may or may not have realized it until she was an adult, but then that training came in and she was fearful and she had to let the word say, God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound and disciplined mind. A lot of times we hear sound mind. It's not just talking about our mind as sound, but our mind, we train it to discipline itself, to take captive the thoughts that aren't of God. And uh, so that's, it's very important for us to understand those things. You say a phrase a lot, learn to understand, learn to identify the emotion. Learn to recognize the recognize. emotion of fear. Learn to recognize the emotion of fear. And that's one of the biggest things since moving here almost seven, it's going to be seven years in August. Um, almost seven years ago, I started to understand then that if it's something that causes me to feel fear, if it's something that causes me to feel pressure, that doesn't come from God. And if it doesn't come from God, I don't have to have it. I don't have to give it life. I don't have to allow it to move me. I can set it down because God does not use those tools. And often we hear fear and different things like that as God's teaching me through it. He doesn't. He'll use it for your good, but those are not tools in his tool bag. He's not pulling out fear or pressure or anything like that. He's a God that leads by peace and kindness and love and purity and holiness and righteousness, but never fear. So if it's a fear, that's not something you have to have. It's like me giving you a plate of food and one of them has poison in it. You don't have to eat it. Identify which one is the poison, scrape it off your plate, and eat the rest that God has provided for you. Yeah, many times, you know, there was a a period of time specifically around year two or three. Uh, You know, one of the things that we have to see is this is the bible teaches us this uh, let god be true and every man a liar and what that means is in other words it doesn't really matter what other people say god's going to be right and god's going to be true whether we think he is or not god we will find out god was always true god was always right and the quicker we learn that the better our lives are because we what he also is, besides being right and true, he's love. And perfect love cast out all fear. There's no fear in love. There's no, no fear in God for God to dish that out. It doesn't work that way. But he says, uh, let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, what we need to understand is that our responsibility and our commandment is not to accept the lies from any person, any feeling, any situation. But when God said something, it was true and it was right the first time. And, you know, what we're finding out right now in science is that, you know, God's been right the whole time. Well, we could have saved a whole lot of years of wrong teaching if we would have just paid attention to the Bible. 
and uh, God is true. Let every man be a liar. In other words, if it comes down to God said it versus you're feeling something or, or you think you're seeing it in a different way, I can promise you it was God. Well, that goes back to our feelings as well. Our feelings, I've watched people literally move away from the blessing of God because they felt like they knew what they were talking about, even though the Bible clearly laid it out. I've watched people say, well, I'm not going to go to that church anymore where God's called me to go, where my source is, because I just disagree with what he said. And generally, and what he said was based off of the Bible. So I've watched people step out from the blessing, out from the protection and covering of God, and move to the place where there is no protection and, and time will tell in that way. Their life gets worse. Uh, they don't realize it. Maybe, they're, maybe the, something bad happens. Maybe they're just lulled to sleep, right. and now they're not productive anymore, which is one of the worst things that can happen. Yeah. Listen, the devil's plan is to keep us in average and mediocrity. What is that called in the Bible? Lukewarm, yeah. right? And so one of the things that you mentioned is, you know, I had this time where especially the second or third year of uh, ministry where we're called the minister we're called the pastor but our heart Nicole and I our heart was so strong for people to do the things of God uh, because we wanted them blessed and we watched time after time after time after time after time where people did not want the things of God as much as we wanted it for them and we would know they were making a mistake and uh, one that was at the very beginning was I saw this one little choice that this couple would make. And I knew that as it played out down the road, they would be completely hurt. And, and I mean, live, lives really be destroyed because of it. I tried to tell them that. They got mad at me, cussed me. But what happened as, yeah. you know, as years went on, exactly what I saw came to pass. And they, they didn't realize it. But... What had happened was the Lord was actually trying to get to them, trying to warn them about that, but they, they didn't believe that. They had not given themselves to work on those pieces of their flesh and humble themselves to say, hey, is this true? And instead of actually submitting to a spiritual authority, they, they balked it, they rebelled against it. And exactly what I said, that God could have saved them from, they got hurt. Well, as pastors... That hurts our heart. And then all of a sudden, you see, you see times where, I mean, people would come in, especially in the first few years, uh, they'd come in, they'd be so blessed for a yeah. few months, and then it'd get to the point that they need to work on, and all of a sudden they'd just leave. They wouldn't call, they wouldn't text, try to reach out to them, they wouldn't return phone right. calls. And it's like, man, it was crushing our heart. And so the natural response, the fleshly response is, I don't want my heart to be crushed anymore. Right. So let's just not put ourselves out there. And the Lord really dealt with that. He said, look, you have to understand. He said, either you keep putting your heart out there or there will be no heart to back up your calling to minister. Yeah. In other words, if you just rein, you know, reel in your heart from people, with what heart will you love on the people? Right. In other words... You, what you have to do is we realize that we were called to minister and to put our heart into ministry and there's going to be people that will trample on it. Right. But the question is this, am I going to be a hard-hearted, cold-hearted minister or am I going to keep my heart in there and hear this, and instead of me trying to protect my feelings, right. let God protect and strengthen me and show me how to do it. And over the next little bit of time... God actually taught us how to put our heart wholeheartedly into people and not have it destroy us, right. not have it destroy our feelings. Because I told the Lord at one time, if you don't teach me how to do this, right. I don't think I'm going to make it. I feel like it's killing me. But what it, I didn't realize was, again, let God be true and every man a liar. He had called us into this area and we know that he would provide for that. But I had been seeking provision of protection for our heart 
we had been seeking it on our own and we had made ourselves the source of that protection. And God was calling that to light. He said, no, this is, let me show you a better way. And so he showed us that way. And what did that do? That allowed us to be the ministers that God had called us to be and to not trip up on the feelings, on the emotion, on the fear that we're just going to be hurt for the rest of our lives in ministry. And see, that's a fear. And we have to recognize the emotion of fear. Fear is a spirit, but it produces emotions, and that's our trigger uh, to say, all right, something's up, and it's not Jesus here. Well, when I moved here, um, there's a a girl that just hopped on, Christina. She was uh, one of my old youth kids up in Maine. And, you know, when I moved here, I, there were some things that had happened back home that had caused me hurt. And when I moved here, pastors had asked me to lead the youth after a few months of being here. And I was really scared about it because I had experienced hurt before. And I told pastors, I don't want to do it. I don't want to hurt the kids. I don't want to be hurt. I just kind of want to exist and never, never give of myself or receive of other people. And basically what I was doing was just barricading myself. Right. So that way I wouldn't get hurt, but that way I also couldn't hurt other people. And what I was doing was I was taking the talents that God had given in my hand and I was burying them in the sand out of a fear of doing it wrong because I had done things wrong. I had hurt other people at different points in time, not realizing what I was doing, but I was so scared to do it again. I literally became the servant in that parable that just took the talents, buried them and was going to present them back to Jesus saying, okay, you gave me these giftings. You gave me these callings, but I was scared, so I hope you're okay that I didn't do them. And praise God for shepherds who not only see where you are, but also see where you're going and who you're called to become because they didn't let me sit there in that. They didn't let me stew and block myself off from other people. And what a gift that is because had they just allowed me to exist how I was going, there's no way. I'd be living at the level I am now with the joy I have because joy is something that's shared with other people. And I was scared because I didn't really know who my Savior was. I allowed other people's opinions and other people's perspectives of me to determine how I saw myself and what I was capable of. But the moment I allowed myself to see the way God sees and to dream the way God dreams, I started to see that there was more to him than what I had ever known. And when our identity comes from Jesus, we realize that there's a calling on the inside of us that's not just for us. The talents we were given, it's not just for us. We're called to the world. Pastor preached it yesterday. It's time for an awakening. It's time for believers to wake up, to be who they're called to be. But they won't, we won't get there if we just take what he's given us and out of fear or pride, shut ourselves down, shut our supply down because we don't know how good he is. We don't know what he's called us to become. It's time for believers to get into the word, understand who our savior is, and then be who we're called to be. Amen. Obviously, the Holy Ghost led this a little bit differently than going back to the story of David today. Uh, and But I think that it is going to hit right on target with so many people. If that's you, throw a hand up in the comments. Let us know. Say, help, I needed to hear that today. And uh, we praise God that he's doing that. I will tell you, for those that are watching on YouTube, many of you, I think, are watching on the Boomerang Church YouTube, which we need you to be subscribed there for the Boomerang Church things. But we also need you to be subscribed to the What's Right. What will happen is what we're shooting in What's Right will actually only be on that channel at one point. And that, you can just see it. It's just Brian Wright, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. And uh, you can go and subscribe on that channel. I actually, when people subscribe, it helps us to uh, set it up to preach the gospel even more. So we need people to subscribe to it. Please go do that. Don't look for What's Right on YouTube. Go look for yeah, Brian Wright. Brian Wright. Yeah, just, just my name. And uh, we'll put up the link here in just a minute so that you can get there. But what I'd like for you to do is, listen, there's people that need to hear this. 
this needs to be shared. This message is not just meant for you. We have this media called social media uh, where you can share it and people can get a hold of it. If you're watching on YouTube, share that link over on, um, over on Twitter or different places like that. If you're watching on Facebook or you have a Facebook account, go to the What's Right page, share that video. Yeah. People need to hear these, me these messages. Why? Because it's not just the pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists that are called to be leaders. Yeah. Every member of the body of Christ yeah. is called to be a leader and to, to, be, uh, to hear these messages, those that would be king, right? Yeah. The people that would be king, leaders, CEOs, supervisors, just a servant of God is called to be a leader as they grow. But in order to be a leader, we might have a gifting that opens the door, but we need character yeah. and the fruit of the word, the fruit of the Holy Ghost to keep us in those places, to yeah. keep us installed in the places that God has called us to. So it's not just a message for you. It's yeah. a message for your friends. It's a message for other people in the body of Christ. Share the messages every day. It might not be a message that you need to hear, but it might be the yeah. message that your neighbor needs to hear desperately. And so share it. Uh, we praise God for you. Thank you. Somebody put that up. Thank you very much. There's the link. And uh, you can go there uh, as soon as, I think you have to get over 100 uh, before you can actually name the channel a certain name. So yeah. anyway, there you go. We love you. Have a great, great day. I, we praise God for you. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow at noon, every weekday at noon. You can spend your lunch with us. And uh, do you have anything else? I don't. Wow. The end. <laughs> well, we love you guys. I want to see pictures of them spending their lunch with us. Like if y'all are yeah, that'd be awesome. If y'all are watching and able, take a picture yeah. of yourself watching us in the background with your lunch. And if yeah. we can, we'll feature it on the broadcast. That'd be fun. Yeah, there you go. That'd be great. So Kevin said he was searching YouTube both ways, unable to find it. It's because it's a fairly new channel is why. The and, links do uh, take him there. Yes, those links will get you there that we just posted in there. So hope that helps you. We love you. Father, right now, may your blessing be on everybody that's watching and hearing this in Jesus' name. Lord, overflow their life with your goodness and your mercy. Father, you are good and your mercy endures forever. You manifest that in our lives. Your love, your mercy, your grace, your peace. Lord, let it be in their lives in Jesus' name. Let them grow. Let them grow up into you. Let us all grow up into you in Jesus' name. And we praise you for it. Amen. 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 Glory to God. We love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. See you.